0: Hi, Mike Rogers here with another terrific Welsh Wire interview. Now, here's Sherry.
1: Today we're here with Mary Jo Asmus with Aspire Collaborative Services. Mary Jo, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Happy to be here. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks for joining us today. So, tell us a little bit about Aspire Collaborative, what you do, and how you got started in the business. Hmm. I'm primarily an executive coach,
0: um, I do a workshop one workshop that I do several times a year. And um, I also coach coaches.
1: Oh, so interesting. I'm
0: a coaching supervisor. So I help coaches to get better in their practice as well.
1: Wonderful. How did you get started in the coaching business?
0: Um, I left the corporate world about 16 years ago, um, through a merger acquisition sort of deal. And um, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my, the rest of my life. <laughs>
1: right, right. Now what do so I want to be? It was actually
0: pretty exciting, because I'd been there for 25 years. So it was like, wow, you know, I get to try something new. Yeah, I was really excited. And um I opened up a book, and executive coaching was in that book. No kidding. And I wanted to work out of my home. I wanted to try that out first. And mm-hmm. then if I needed an office, I'd get an office. But I, I thought the idea of working at home with my dogs and my wonderful yard yes, would just be wonderful. Yeah. So, um, yeah,
1: so that's... That's how I got started. Excellent. So in learning how to be an executive coach, you have gone through a lot of training and Mm -hmm. development. I think there's a tendency for people to think that, oh yeah, they just tell me what to do, tell me how to be better. There's also a tendency for a lot of people to think that it's an easy thing to get into maybe as a second career outside of HR or something Mm -hmm. else. But you are set apart as a credentialed professional. Mm -hmm in your industry. Tell us what makes what you do different. Well, um, to get a credential, you
0: have to get training. So I have a credential through the International Coach Federation, which is the largest uh, conglomeration of coaches in the world. Right. And, and it's, it's a worldwide n- organization. Not easy credentialing. It's not. It's actually um, uh, somewhat challenging to get a credential, and um, you have to keep a credential by continuing your education. So um, they have three levels of credential, and I'm working on number three. So it's a career capstone, you. and I should have that by the end of this year.
1: Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. And you're modest um, in talking about yourself. I appreciate your humility in that, but you are an excellent coach, and I know you've coached people literally around the world, executives and leaders around the world, from very large companies and small entities, too. And the thing that's in common with all of them is... Tell me, they want to improve something about what they do, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, most of them have some
0: sort of feedback that's provided. They're high potential, high performing people. They're leaders to begin with. I mean, they're and they're good leaders. But you know they always want to get better, right? So most of which is what makes
1: them so good. Ironically, because they are self-aware, right? And trying to improve, right, right, right. So they have some feedback that tells them, you know, you get a
0: better edge if you just do this one thing or these two things, or you if you want to uh, get a promotion, this is what you need to work on. So um, that's that's what I do is I help them to get there.
1: Yeah. Most of the folks that listen to our podcast are leaders. They're leaders in their companies. They own their business or they're part of the senior leadership team in a business. And so I think that they would be really interested to learn about what you talk about oftentimes with the people that you coach. Um, and that's leadership. Mm-hmm. You know a little bit about leadership after more than 20 years of doing executive coaching ironically, I think probably a lot of leaders don't have a good handle on what leadership truly means. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I, I would say
0: that that's a depends <laughs> situation. There are certainly leaders who are naturals at it, and the, there are those who struggle with it. What we find is that um, most individuals get put into their position because they're very good at what they do. They're, right. they're good technically, maybe. Or scientifically. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the people thing, which is what leadership is all about. Right. Leadership is all about all about people, um, may not necessarily come natural to them, particular in those kinds of professions where a lot of people choose to go into that profession because they're um introverts. So oh, they, they right. you know, they they were solo workers at one time and you know, they did very well and right up the ladder.
1: So do you feel that sometimes your coaching um Especially has been with people who are more technical and scientific, or has it been with people Mm. who are sales and marketing and extroverts just as it's a combination, really?
0: Yeah, but it doesn't seem to matter if you're good. If you're a
1: good salesperson, you get promoted. If
0: you're a good marketer, you get promoted.
1: (laughs) Well, true that. Yes. Yes. I understand. So the one thing that the folks all have in common that you talk with is they want to get better at their craft. They want Mm. to be better leaders. So. Tell us, how did they do that? What is leadership? Um, I, I like to make the
0: contrast between leadership and management. Mm-hmm. And it's it's easier for me to think about it and for a lot of people to think about leadership as the people part. It's the part where you lead people. You don't lead things. You lead people. Right. And in management, management is about managing things because you really can't manage people. People are messy. Right. They're complex. If you try to ma- manage people, you're going to get into a heap of trouble. <laughs>
1: right. Right. Yeah. Or control people. Yeah. People yeah. cannot be controlled yeah, yeah. Exactly. or managed. Right. No, I he- I hear you. So how do you how do you help them come to that understanding of the difference and yeah. and separating yeah their yeah. behaviors and knowing what goes in what bucket. So
0: as an executive coach, I start all of my individual engagements with a 360. Which is interview style. So I interview um, the individuals, stakeholders, so peers, direct reports, boss, sometimes a skip level boss, the boss above the boss, right? Okay. And um, that's pretty revealing um, because I don't direct them. I don't when I when I interview people, I don't direct them to talk about their people skills, right? But it always shows up.
1: Sure. Oh, <laughs> sure, it does. And yeah. with that feedback you're getting from others, it's definitely. Yeah, showing up. Um, And that it's hard for us as individuals, I bet, to be really self-aware of all of Of course, We think that we know how we're being perceived, Mm -hmm. but it's very revealing to have others share that information Mm -hmm. with us. So you're able to bring that into the experience and help them understand who they're being perceived as, as a leader. Right. True. Right.
0: And it's usually about the people skills part in some way, shape or form.
1: So how do you help them understand when it's time to stop acting like a manager and trying to manage, maybe control, direct your staff, Mm -hmm. and really be more of a leader? How do you know when it's time to stop managing? How does a leader leader leader. know or how do I know? How does a leader know?
0: I think a leader knows when they get feedback. (laughs) Um, They don't always recognize it right away. Um, Some really self-aware people might be stuck and realize that, you know, there's something better that they could do. So yeah, there's lots of ways. Some people come to me directly who say, you know, I know that I
1: need to get better at this. I just don't know how to do it. Right, right. Can your staff give you a clue as to what they want from you and what they need from you and allow you to step in and be the kind of leader that they're looking for? Do they tip you off to that at all by their behaviors? I would think maybe. That's an it depends. Okay. Um, if the leader is
0: open to feedback. Um, requests feedback, um, they will get some feedback from their stakeholders. Unfortunately, because our organizations are hierarchical, um, people are sometimes reluctant. I mean the boss is you know right writing out the paycheck here right. So they might be a little reluctant to give all of the feedback <laughs> right
1: you know? right Yeah. Um, and I think it's really helpful for a leader to learn to ask, right. So as a leader and you're, you're working with your team every day, how do you know what to give them? Are there clues in their work product, things that they're doing or not doing, or they may ask or not ask from you that allow you to know how to lead them? For example, if they, you know, if there's constant conflict or something, I mean, how is that something to look for when you need to step up and really be a leader for them? Yeah. Um, again,
0: that's an it depends answer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, if the individual is, um, other aware, (laughs) um, they might notice and, and pick up on that. Um, but again, I think the asking for feedback or asking for what do you need from me? Uh, what am I doing well? What could I do even better is a great tool. And then you have to just not
1: be defensive about it. Just, Listen and say thank you. Great. So sometimes those I would imagine those responses from the people on your team can elicit uh I need this from you or I need that from you that might require you to change your behavior but it also might be something that they just simply need support in that you hadn't realized right. or recognized right before, right, right. Providing them with training or extra support or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would guess. yeah, yeah. It, it can run the gamut for their development. For sure. So how do you recommend if you're going to be a if you're going to be a great leader? Do you recommend, um, you know, a, a process for sitting down with the team to have that interaction? Or how do you have? How do you suggest that works? Well, it, it,
0: it can be as simple as just asking what do you need for me? And a lot of leaders do that. They do that regularly. The question is, are they listening? Yeah. (laughs) you know. But I think in a team environment, that's a great way to do it because people will sort of feed off from each other and and get ideas from each other. Um, But the trick is staying open to that feedback. It's hard to get feedback.
1: Well, it is. I mean, in the midst of doing your busy work every day, whatever it is you do, Mm -hmm. working on how you work together as a team or you lead your team seems like that just gets put to the side, right? Because right. we got work product to get out the door here, right? So that is a hard thing to focus on. And and I do you feel like it needs to be more intentional with set times, yes? On a weekly, you do, yes? As yes. opposed to just happen, stands, happen around the, the coffee pot and okay. regular
0: meetings with individuals. Okay. So absolutely. you recommend that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. In order to help develop your leadership skills and help develop your team, right? As a leader, right.
0: And something some sometimes I teach leaders, depending on their situation and what they're looking for, um, to do something called feed forward. Oh. And I can credit Marshall Goldsmith with this. He's the coach we all want to be. Oh, excellent. <laughs> and uh um that's a way of saying, I'm working on XXX, and I'd like one or two suggestions. What do you what would you like to tell me? Oh, interesting. Or do you have one or two suggestions for me? And the way that sort of takes the edge off from giving feedback, it's a more positive way of giving feedback, but you have to know what you're working on. You have to know what you want to get better at. True.
1: It's a great tool. So I bet when you're working and coaching folks, it's easy for you to help them discover what that item is that they want to work on and say that to their team. In the absence of that, they're going to have to be quite self-aware to be able to identify it and come up with it and say that to their right. team. Right. 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 Or have had some feedback somewhere. Um, sure.
0: And, you know, those interviews that I talked about, let's say communication shows up. They're not a good communicator mm-hmm. or they need to communicate more. Um, it's as simple as I'm working on getting better at communication.
1: What are one or two suggestions that you have for me to take action on that? Ah, uh, very good. Very good, and then that makes them feel like they're part of the yep. solution and help. And people like to help, don't they? They do. Yeah, they do.
0: And you know, as long as a boss isn't a bully or you know whatever that
1: might be, <laughs> right. people are willing to help if you ask for it. There's um often a, a feeling that, you know leaders are born, they're not made. What, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that leadership really can be developed and fostered in someone? Well, if they, I
0: wouldn't have a job
1: if it <laughs> So the answer so, is yes. <laughs> the answer is
0: yes, yes. I think some leaders are born. Um, how did Mahatma Gandhi learn to lead? Right. You know, he was a natural at it. Um, but uh, many aren't. And they're working in really, really complex situations in a complex world. So, even if they're born leaders, they still sometimes need some help.
1: Right. Right. So. so, that's encouraging for people who may struggle with that, having perhaps been put in positions where they don't feel like they have all the tools and the capacity to do what they need. They, there's help available to do that. They can be successful in that right. if they have a desire. It's absolutely, absolutely coachable, teachable. It can be improved upon. Absolutely. Which it's is great. not easy. <laughs> right. It's not easy. I um just finished up
0: with a client who wrote up his um final paper <laughs> that's required for my coaching and it is uh something about their coaching experience. Just oh, you know, nice. write up your coaching experience. Yeah. And I had no idea that this individual uh, found it so difficult cuz he's a kind of a laid-back person, you yeah. know, kind of easygoing and actually found um changing the behavior quite difficult. Oh. So yeah, it's not easy and I forget that sometimes. I can be pretty flip about it, but um it's hard work. This is the hardest
1: work a leader will do. Right? Right. But maybe the most important that they will ever do in order I'd like to believe that. <laughs> yeah, in in order to be successful. Yeah, I would like to. So, yeah, leadership, it's a it's a it's a work. It's a, maybe a constant work in progress. It's a and there's journey. A, yeah. <laughs> journey. Yes. Not a
0: destination.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, sometimes really understanding leadership too. We've talked about this. You and I is that, um, to understand it fully, you almost need to understand what it is not. Sometimes it's easier mm. to define it by what it is not. And you have some thoughts yeah. on what it's not. It's definitely too.
0: not doing the work for them. It's definitely not. Telling them every little minute detail about
1: how to do something. Which is what we call micromanaging, right? Which none of us like. Exactly, boy, it's, if I had a nickel for every time I talked with a candidate who said, "I don't like my boss, they micromanage me for sure. I yeah, I don't even want to for think we sure. would be in the piggy bank right now. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll
0: show up on those interviews, by the way,
1: sometimes, yeah, 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 my boss yeah. Is a
0: micromanager, but you know, most of them are uncomfortable with it because they're working their life away
1: when they're they've got good employees who should be doing that work for them. right. Right, and they just need to entrust them to do that. So we know it's not doing the work for them. We know it's not telling them what to do. Sometimes it has to do with decision-making, though, too, and how they get involved in decision-making, right? It's not making decisions
0: in a vacuum. Certainly there are some decisions that have to be made by the leader, but um, anything that affects the team or impacts the team in some way, bring them in. Let them have their say. Right, (laughs) right.
1: You know, it's, it's, uh, they want to be included. People right.
0: Want to be included.
1: Right. Uh, collaborative decision making sometimes gets a, gets a bad rap. I think there are people who believe that as the leader, I need to stand firm and I need to be able to make this decision and this is going to be on me. But you're suggesting that decisions are much better made when the team's input. Well, most de- decisions. I,
0: I do know that there are certain Decisions that only the leader can make. And True. sometimes they can just exercise their, you know, if they're managing people, they can exercise their right to make the final decision. Right. Um, and that's the way it is. But I think most decisions can be made that most decisions that affect the workplace or the work that people are doing by the team can be made
1: collaboratively. Right. Right. Which doesn't mean you have to get a consensus to be able to to move forward at all.
0: (laughs) That's really hard sometimes. Getting a consensus is impossible.
1: Yeah. You're not going to get everybody to always agree. It doesn't mean you need to vote every time either. Right. just means you need to come to a decision. Right. (laughs) Right. And and sometimes that process can, as a leader can help foster your team by making them feel heard and included and listened to. Right? Absolutely. Respected in the process. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I, um, I I, don't really agree with the decision that Sherry made. However, she heard me, and I understand that this is what has to happen for the betterment of the organization, right? Right. The why behind a decision that's
0: made uh, by the leader is always helpful, <laughs> so that people can understand that. And you might still have people who are, you know, sort of pushing against that. So you got, you got to win them over. Right. But- um, I think the why is always important to give when
1: you can. Right, right. So what impact do you think that good or even bad leadership has on a company or a team attracting and retaining top talent? What difference does leadership make I think it's huge. Um, In big organizations, they
0: sometimes talk about wanting to be a talent magnet. Right. And what I find is that... um, Leaders who are good leaders, who are really concerned about their employees, who are collaborative, um, they, they have their choice. They have their choice of yeah. people to fill in.. Yep. Um, likewise, on the opposite end, there's the bad leaders who have a difficult time attracting talent. No matter where they are, big company, small company, right it doesn't matter. Um, nonprofit doesn't matter. If you're a bad leader and the word is out there, or your candidates find out that you're not a good leader, I wouldn't want to work for a bad leader.
1: Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever that means. Who Whatever does that means? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It can mean a lot of different things. And again, we we hear the phrase, "People don't leave companies." they leave bosses isn't that true you've probably heard that before yeah, yeah. too and and it's not it doesn't hold true in every situation but it does hold true in a lot it does of situations sure. so being a good leader will make a difference in your organization as to the type of people that you can attract and retain as you build and grow your company so absolutely it's worth investing it sounds like worth investing more time and energy into perfecting your skills whether you do it with an executive coach or some other way or some other method it's definitely worth well, I happen investing to think coaching is the best thing because yeah, it's absolutely. experiential um
0: you know leaders get to learn as they go right over a period of time so um that's the way adults learn you know you, if you go to a training program for instance or a workshop If you're like me, I go in, I'm all excited about the stuff I just learned, and I get back to my office and I put the books back up on the shelf. Yeah. Now it's hard to get from knowing to doing.
1: Right. Well, the accountability... And there's an accountability is there. I think is also an important factor, right? To know that someone you're going to be reporting into someone else about how you're progressing on this and what you're doing, and and you're putting your money down, you're making an investment too. People know when they make a financial commitment to do something, right? What well, you know, well, most of my clients, makes a the, um, the boss
0: actually makes the investment, yes, and so
1: and they get involved in. Um, the coaching in some way. Right. But even that, I mean, if the company is investing in you, I, most people would not want to squander well, that investment so. in themselves, right? I would definitely think you know? that's true. It's, it's, like tuition. it's like tuition reimbursement, right? When they're paying for me to take the class, boy, oh boy, I want to get an A in it. Yeah. <laughs> but this is hard.
0: It's it hard is work. hard stuff. And, you yeah. know, for people to get from the beginning to the end, which is six to nine months later, is. It's not a sprint. It's right a, It's a long distance marathon, and you right. have to be persistent and stick with it, right. And it's there's obstacles. there's all kinds of things that can happen in that time. So but there's much to be gained. There's at the huge, end, it, even if it's self-confidence, right? I mean, even if you're not talking about a raise or a promotion, um, and you're you you can show up every day
1: as a confident leader, right it'll make a big difference for you as an individual and for the organization that you lead and represent. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Mary Jo. We've been here today on The Welsh Wire with Mary Jo Asmus from Aspire Collaborative. Thank you for joining us today. If people want to know a little bit more about who you are, what you do, the services you provide, how can they find out more about you, Mary Jo? I I think the best way would be to find me on LinkedIn.
0: There's I'm the only Mary Jo Asmus who is an executive coach. Um, mm-hmm. or on my website, which is Aspire dash C S as in Charlie Snow dot com. And there's also a blog out there that's been going for ten years now. A very good um, one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a leadership blog, so um,
1: they might be interested in that as well. Terrific. We hope that you will tune in and uh, read Mary Jo's blog and learn more about her at Aspire Collaborative.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Sherry. It was fun. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode.
1: For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.